Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope that you enjoy this message today. You know, there's a, a scripture I wanted to read to you. This is another word that Dick used to give often around the new year. Deuteronomy eleven twelve. Very powerful. A powerful word. You know, scripture can become very personal and it has very many different, different applications. It had the original application, you know, for whatever reason this was written, giving encouragement to the children of Israel in their wilderness wanderings, put an expectancy in their heart for the life to come. But you know, the promised land, that, which was their anticipation when they were in the wilderness, was only a, a picture and just a shadow of the real that we have in Christ. The shadow that we step into by faith, it's the shadow of our, our relationship with the living God. It begins now. It doesn't have to wait till you die. It begins in this life as we step into this inheritance as sons and daughters. But in this promise, he's talking about um, the land in Deuteronomy eleven eleven, the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water from the rain of heaven. Now, let's, let's look at this verse a little differently today. Let's think of this verse as my life. I am that land. I'm, I am that land, and this is my relationship with God, and I'm that land, and, my, and I'm drinking in the water in the rain from heaven as I step into a new year. Verse 12, a land for which the Lord your God cares. So God not only cares for the land, he cares on the inhabitants of the land. He cares for you and me. The Lord is caring over me. So the, the person, for, for, for Frank Bailey, which the Lord God cares, the eyes of the Lord your God are always on him, are always on it, on the land. The eyes of the Lord are always on you. The eyes of the Lord are always on his sons and daughters. He watches every movement that we make. The things that we're not even aware of, the things that they miss our attention, the things that we forget that we ever did or ever thought, the things that happened in our past, the things that are happening currently, the things that are happening in the next few moments or in the next year, his eyes are on those things. And he's made preparations for all of them. His eyes are on us from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. So his eyes are on you. And um, I I have... um, Something that the Lord has, has put on my heart is to, to share with you about today, this morning, and tonight is about renewal and about not being stuck in past uh, ruts, past routines. And you know, I, I know what I'm talking about because I'm, I'm a rut builder myself. I love, I'm very comfortable in my ruts. Some ruts are better than other ruts at the end of the day. Some are horrible ruts and some are not so bad. But ultimately, we have to break out of the ruts that we've dug for ourselves because there are some new paths the Lord wants to take us on. There's some new new land he wants to to bring you into, new inheritance that he wants to bring you into. So we have to to forget the past, forget the good stuff and the bad stuff and and start from today as we prepare to enter into this new land that the Lord is preparing for us, this new season that the Lord is preparing for us and say, Lord, I am not gonna be stuck in my past ways. I'm I'm gonna expand myself you know, if you, want, if you want God to do something fresh in your life, you've got to expand yourself. You've got to be willing to change and to step into some new areas that are, that are, at the end of the day, probably very uncomfortable for you. 
You've got to be willing to do things you haven't done before, spiritually speaking. If you, if you want to step into something fresh and get out of the routine, get out of the rut and say, Lord, I want, I want change in my life in 2014. I want renewal in, in 2014. Now, the verse that, that, that came to my mind that I'm going to be kind of the theme for um, um, today, today and tonight is Revelations 21.5. He who's seated on the throne said, Revelations 21.5, behold, I am making all things new. As he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He's, he's making all things new. He is, he is in a continual process of renewal, our God is. Continual process. You know, there was a, an unusual season in the body of Christ in the early 90s. There's seasons like this that have come, you know, and I got, I got saved in a season like that. In 1973 was a season of, you could call it revival or renewal because both were taking place. And then, so in the Jesus movement in 73, and there was, a, there, was a, there, was a, there was something in the air in the churches, something supernatural in the churches of Jesus Christ that was contagious and it was life-changing. And there was a fresh breath of revival that began to blow in the land in the early 90s. And our church was strangely and profoundly impacted in the summer of 1994 by a fresh move of the Holy Ghost that invaded my life and invaded our church. Then it's drastically, dramatically, and permanently changed us. There was a, a word, you know, the, the brother, brother Rodney Howard Brown used to use the word all the time, revival. Uh, but uh, if, you, if you were to go to Toronto, their version of the outpouring, um, John Arnott always used the word renewal. They're both good and both biblical words. But I want you to, I want to, I want to focus today, just for the, for, the, for the purpose of this message, I want to fo- focus on the word renewal. Everyone say renewal. renewal. So renewal is a continuous action of God. It's, 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 actually, it's actually a lifestyle that we step into. It's, it's, it's forgetting what lies behind and stepping into the future. And not just stepping into my future, but stepping into the future that's somewhat unknown to me because I see through a glass darkly. It's the future of God. It's his prophetic plan for my life. And I can only enter this, this land and this plan by the Spirit. I can only uh, uh, be successful and victorious in this plan by the work of the Spirit. And I stand right now every day of my life, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, I stand in constant need of renewal, spiritual renewal in my life. The work of the Spirit and the work of the Word of God is constantly making all things new inside of me and inside of you. Without his daily impartation, I ultimately become stagnant and find myself in some sort of a rut. I don't want to be in a rut. I want to step out of any rut, and I can say every one of us, I, I can say every one of us in this place are in some sort of a rut. And as I say, uh, unanimously, by the Holy Ghost, we can step out of those wagon ruts that we've dug for ourselves and step into a new path by the power of the Holy Ghost. What has to take place is a willingness and a hunger for more. More, God, I need you in my life. Lord, send the winds of renewal and transformation in my life. You know, that's, I mentioned earlier how I, I miss Brother Dick Mills. One of the things that I, I loved about him and learned from him was his passion 
from his earliest days as a Christian to the last days that I knew him, his passion for renewal. He was always passionate about renewal. You know, he was an international ministry, very well-known, spoken in every kind of imaginable um, um, venue and on every imaginable TV format. But as soon as he heard news of revival breaking out somewhere, you'd find him there, sitting in the, somewhere in that, in that place, unannounced and unknown, sitting there with his spiritual antennas up saying, God, is this it? Is this another wave of the Spirit of God that I've been waiting for? I don't want to, I want to step in to what you're doing today. That's how he was. He loved it. He loved renewal. You've heard me say many times, he, he came here, one of the first speakers that we had after the outpouring of 94, and he stepped into the room, and he walked into the, he walked into the room. He, was, he didn't take 10 steps into the building. He stopped, looked around, and he said, this is the feeling I felt as a child, as a teenager in Angelus Temple with Amy Simple McPherson. He said, this is the same anointing that came out of Azusa Street. This is that which the prophets spoke about. Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, renewal, waves of his presence coming from above. It's what we live for. It's what heaven is all about. The glory of his manifest presence. 2014. Renewal for me personally as a Christian man. Renewal for me as a pastor and in my ministry. Renewal for our congregation. Renewal for you as an individual, as a, as a housewife, as a businesswoman, as a businessman, as a student, as a retired person. Whatever place in life God has, that you found yourself in, renewal that you'd be a better person in that role that God's called you to in 2014. Let me give you some scripture about, about making all things new. He starts in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, how many people do we have here today that are in Christ? Are you in Christ? Have you been born again by the Spirit? If, if that's so, he is a new creation. Literally, it says he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The Spirit of God that enters into our life at conversion creates a new species of man. Oh no, we're not just changed. We're not just forgiven. There's a creation of a new creature different from the creature we used to be. We've been made into one new man. We've been made into that heavenly man, the man Christ Jesus. He's come to make his home inside of us. I'm not the person. I'm not the patched up person. I'm not just a forgiven person. Oh no, Christianity is about more than a covering and more than forgiveness. It's about crucifixion, death, and resurrection. Old things have passed away, and I've been born again. I've been created in the image of Jesus Christ. There's a new creature that I've become, a new species, a son of God. I have not always been a son of God. I was not born a son of God. I was born as a son of darkness, a child of disobedience. And when I was 21 years old, I opened my heart. Christ came into my life. I was born again, and I was recreated in the image of God, the spirit of adoption came to live in my heart, and I was born again. Have you been born again? Have you been born again? He makes all things new. Titus chapter 3, verse number 5, he saved us. He saved me, and he saved you if you are a Christian. 
not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, in proportion to his own mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your infinite mercy. Thank you, Lord, the mercy of God is everlasting. It's unending. Lord, that I was saved not by my righteousness, but I was saved according to your mercy. I want you to say that with me. I was saved according to your mercy. I am saved according to his mercy. Amen. Not by, it says, by the washing and of regeneration and, everyone say and, and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. This is the work of God that continues after conversion. After conversion, this, this is a, a continual process of recreating and transformation that took place. It begins as a seed, and I'm created in the image of God. A seed is planted in my heart of a new creature, and as I yield myself to God, there's constant waves of renewal that come by the word of God and come by his presence that transform me and make me into one new kind of person, different from the person I used to be. It says this in, um, I want to read this, this word study to you. I think this is, um, let's see where, it's blah, 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 blah. The word renewal is it's a word from a word book is used in Romans 12 too for the renewal of minds and will that we must undergo through the work of the spirit. If we're to show that we belong to the new aeon or the new age, the reference in, in Titus 3, 5 is to this first and unique renewing, the creation of a life that was not there before, which is the work of the Holy Spirit associated with baptism. So there is a, a new work that begins in our life that's a then the process begins as I come under the influence of renewal. I want 2014 to be a year of renewal in my life, of transformation, being empowered, being changed, where my life changes, my attitude changes, my boldness changes, my expectancy changes, my joy changes, that I'm transformed, that I'm not comfortable in the rut that I've been in the past. Thank God for what he's done, but there's more. There is more for you, my friend. There is more of God for you. There's more of his blessing stored up for you. So this, this newness, it goes and affects our testimony. Revelations 2.17, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone, a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Everyone say a new name. God has given me, as a Christian, as a Christian, he's given me a new name. Now, my, my, my legal name is still Frank Alton Bailey II. That's my name, if you didn't know it. Frank Alton Bailey II, that's my name. I met some guy the other day, his, he was the grandson of, of Alton Ochsner, and his name is Alton as well. But um, that's, that's not who I am. I have a new name. This name is not something that you, that you can, that you can put your, your handle on it. It's not David or Paul or Reginald. That's not my new name. My new name is this new person that I am, this new, this new testimony that I have. My name, your name is powerful. To lose your name is something you don't want. And when you are born again, God gives you a new name. They'll, they'll look at you and say, oh, this person has changed. This person used to be 
That person that was an alcoholic and they were unreliable, but something's changed in their life. That's describing your new name, your new authority. Your name has new respect now. This person used to be insensitive and angry and cold, but something's changed in their life since they had that spiritual experience in their life. God has given that person a new name because now you have a new respect. People look at you differently now. They look at you differently. You're not that sorry old cuss you used to be. You're gentle and you're kind and you're loving and you're generous and you're filled with faith. You're filled with expectancy. There's a change going on in our lives. We're not there yet, but we're changing as we yield ourselves to God. A new testimony. He's making all things new. He's making all things new. Renewal's taking place on a continual basis. He's given me a new name, a new authority, and a new respect in my society. My coworkers are gonna look at me differently. My boss is gonna look at me differently. My employees, my husband, my wife, my children, my friends, they're gonna look at me differently because now I have the testimony of Jesus in my life. I'm not the person I used to be. You know, God change us change us. You know, all of us, hopefully everyone in the place, including me, I was, I was convicting myself as I was preaching just now. I mean, that's, that's, that's part of the turf. That's part of the, 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 the two-edged sword when you preach because it comes back and cuts you at the same time. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a good place to be up here, I promise you. It's not something you want unless God makes you do this. This is not something you should try to get for you because there's a two-edged sword and it's sharp. And you know what? (laughs) Every one of us, this, God wants to give us a testimony. He wants our testimony to be stronger and pure for to be more like Christ in 2014. Amen. He's new biblical. He's making all things new. He's making every, say this, he's making all things new. Matthew 13, 52, he said to them, therefore every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out treasures, brings out his treasure of things new and things that are old. You know, the scriptures literally become brand new when you're born again. How many of you are, that I can ask you in this building right now, are really, really born again? I mean, you're really born again. You know you're born again. So for right now, think about for a moment that season when you were first born again. And one of the changes, if, if, if you were, if this, this is a good litmus test. If you were truly born again, for me it happened in 73, from August, those first few months from August to say Christmas time in 1973, I was consumed with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I had, a, I had a, an appetite like a, like a starving man for a loaf of bread. I was hungry, hungry, hungry for Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I would get out my New Testament at any possible moment. I'd carry a little one with me at, at work and any time, any moment of time, I was in it looking at it because something had been turned on, a volume had turned up to 10 inside of my belly and I had to have the word of God. There was a hunger in me. The scriptures, which I tried to read before conversion and couldn't get past the first chapter of Genesis, I could not understand it. I did not want to understand it. It was boring to me, but now I was lit up for the word of God. Why is that? The scripture had become brand new in my life by the spirit of God. 
That's the work of the Spirit. And there are seasons when that happens in our life. He will touch us again and awaken our hunger for the word of God. And there's a place where you can learn to live in renewal, where you have a a continual appetite and hunger for the word of God, where it becomes not your duty, but your delight to open the scriptures on a daily basis and feed your soul with the precious words from heaven, bringing things new. But there's also, Jesus also said in this passage, he said that we're to bring things, he said um, to bring things of, of, how do he say it, like a householder who brings out his treasure, things new and old. In 1995, 1996, I discovered old treasures that I had overlooked. I mean some huge old treasures. Because there, there, God raises up men of God in every generation. And they have distinct purposes and callings upon their life. For God has called me as a pastor, and I have a, I have a role to play in this congregation. And because of that, there's a, a message in my mouth and in my heart that affects the people that come to this church. And it's intended to be a blessing to you from the Lord. Now, God also raises up voices that are to be voices for a generation of people. For example, Billy Graham. Can anyone deny that Billy Graham was not a voice from God for this last generation? He's been a voice since I was a little boy. He was a voice from God to this generation. He had the the national ear. He's met and prayed with presidents after presidents after presidents. And the national conscience was affected by his message. A messenger from God for our nation. That now they're in, in the same, so there are men that God raises up to speak to, to generations. And there are also men that God raises up to speak to the body of Christ throughout all time. Of course, the, the scriptures are written by men like that, Moses and Paul, but, but people that were not part of, the, of, of that tradition of writing the scriptures. Others, for example, Augustine was a man of God that God raised up about 400 AD who was, had a voice to his congregation, had his voice to, to his generation, but is also a voice to the church for the last 1,600 years. Is anyone out there? What I'm saying to you, you you might be turning me off right now, but this, I'm giving you something that can be more precious to you than winning the lottery right now. I'm telling you. God has raised up men through past generations that carried something that were intended to feed your soul. And if you're not feasting from, if you're not bringing forth treasures new and treasures that are old, you're missing out on some of the stored up blessing that God has for you. And one of the things that God awakened my soul was these men of God, men like Augustine, men like Jonathan Edwards, men like Charles Spurgeon, men like Martin Luther. These were were men that God raised up to speak to the church throughout all generations that have a message for us that can impact our hearts and lives today. And if we want renewal, we have to bring forth treasures that are new and old to step into his word. Oh God, oh God, fill my heart with a hunger for this book. Lord God, open my heart. Lord, let that hunger that I, that I saw on Brother Dick, Lord, when he was my mentor in, in teaching me to, to, to preach and to study the word of God, let that hunger for the word of God come on me and come on our congregation. Oh God, that there be a, a hunger like a dying man, a hungry, starving man that hadn't had a meal in weeks, Lord, that that hunger would come on this church, that we'd hunger after God, after the living God, that we had hunger after the words that flow from our Father's table. 
His word is food for your soul. His his word will bring renewal to your soul. It's a lamb to your feet and a light to your path. You begin to dive into that book. 2014 will begin to open up for you in a brand new way. Get into the book. Let the book get into you. Amen. He gives us a new heaven and a new earth. I'm almost done. A new heaven and a new earth. I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Yeah, there is. This, this is true. There will be a, a destruction of this earth as we know it and the universe as we know it. And there'll be a recreation of heaven and earth. And it's gonna be awesome. But this, this scripture can also be applied in, in another way for me. And I, I hope I'm not, I, if, I'm, if I am stretching this scripture, there's other scriptures that will, will bear this out. Um, when you're born again, and you have spiritual visitation, your eyes are made brand new. And you know, they've been saying, you know, you've heard people say, well, the, the sky just looked bluer and the grass looked greener. I don't know how that's true, but it's happened. It happens. The world changes the way it looks to people when Christ gets in their soul. When they have not only that conversion experience, but when renewal begins to, to get on you. When you begin to step into the newness of the spirit and to step out of your ruts and routines and to step into the flow of God, your world will begin to look different. It'll be a brighter place to live. The, world, the, gra- the grass will be greener. The trees will be more beautiful and the animals will be more, more of a blessing to you. But, but more than that, the church, you'll look at the church and instead of seeing its pimples and its warts, you'll see the glory of Christ. That's what will happen to you. Because you know why you see the pimples and the warts? Because your eyes, you're, see, you're filtering it through the pimples and warts on your eyes. That's why you see it that way. You begin to see differently. You begin to see the glory of Christ. You see the glory of redemption. You see the glory that rests upon your brothers and sisters in Christ. You see the glory of their testimony. And you begin to rejoice in the work of God. You begin to rejoice in the work of his church. You begin to love his church. You begin to love his ministers. You begin to love everyone that you see because Christ is in you. And you've got a new world that you're living in. Amen. Jesus said this. He said, a new commandment I give to you. A new commandment, John 13, 34, that you love one another as I've loved you, that you also love one another. This, this is the supernatural effect of renewal. It's the love of God coming down on us. The Holy Ghost is the manifestation of the love of the Father for his Son. He falls all over us. We fall in love with God. This love gets on us. This love gets in us. We become lovers, lovers of God. Guys, you get in touch with your feminine side at the end of the day. It's just a joke. It wasn't a very good one, but (laughs) you become lovers. You become poets and singers and dancers and dreamers. The romantic side begins to open up in your heart. You become lovers of God and you become lovers of people. You love your wife, you love your children, and most of all, and not most of all, but also in addition to, you begin to love hurting people. You begin to see like Jesus saw when he looked on the multitudes. He saw them distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. He'd look at the crowd. He'd see the single mom struggling to get by. He'd see the leper who had lost his ear. He'd see the lame man that couldn't walk. He'd see the blind man that couldn't see. And his heart was torn with love for these people. And he poured out his love. And we call that ministry. It's the ministry of God. 
You can't help yourself. It's not your duty anymore. You have to open up your house. You have to open up your house and start a group because you're a lover now. You have to get involved in the homeless ministry because you're a lover now. You have to get involved in healing room because you're a lover now. You have to get involved in intercession because you're a lover now. Now you can't do all those things, but God will put something in your heart. One of those things. And you can't help yourself. Why? Because you have become a lover. A lover of God. And a lover of life. And a lover of people. Jesus. Jesus changes. He also said in Mark 16, 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you know, the prayer, one of the blessings, there's so many benefits of the prayer language. You can find a bunch of them. I've got a book on the Holy Spirit and in there it lists a number of different benefits and effects of praying in tongues. But one of the effects of praying in other tongues and allowing the spirit of renewal to affect you and then begin to yield to that heavenly language bubbling out of your belly, it begins to affect your tongue itself. It's a bridle that comes upon your tongue. You, if you start praying in tongues consistently, you get out of your rut and you start praying in the heavenly language, worshiping God daily for extended times in your heavenly language, profanity won't be an issue anymore. Amen. Don't shout me down. I know nobody in here curses, but I'm just saying. <laughs> profanity will no longer be an issue. It won't be an issue because you'll get, God will get a hold of your tongue and he's not going to have salt water and fresh water coming out of the same, out of the same fountain. It's just not happening. You start, and you start to, not only are you not using profanity, but you start speaking the word. You start speaking positive things. You start singing in the spirit and singing spiritual songs and you start prophesying and stepping into the song of the Lord. You're filled with the spirit, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You've got a brand new tongue and a brand new life. It's all part of renewal. And I'm going to finish with this last verse, Matthew 9, 17. You know, again, I know nobody in here, just, I'm, just like nobody curses in here, I'm sure nobody drinks in here alcohol. But this, just to, just, just to say, it says Jesus is talking about new wine. He says they, would they, they don't put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins will break. The wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Well, if you don't know what he's talking about, new wine was the term that Jesus put, one of the terms that Jesus put on the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the, 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 re, the reason he termed it that way is because of the effect that the Holy Spirit has upon people. The Holy Spirit is highly, his anointing is highly intoxicating. Highly intoxicating. Now, in a different, in a different way than, the, than, than alcohol. The, this, the, the, the reason that, you know, people get, some people get offended, religious people get offended about spiritual drunkenness and spiritual intoxication. I, I, as a matter of fact, I, I absolutely love spiritual drunkenness and intoxication. It's awesome. But if you want, a defin, you, if you want an explanation of what it is, what it is is, is Christ becomes more and more real to you. And now, not just in a general sense, but in a specific sense, in moments. In moments like these, in the special moments. In special moments of visitation. When, God, when, when you're worshiping and, and God comes down and he becomes real to you. You know what I'm talking about, when Christ becomes real to you. 
I mean, really, really real. And there, there are differing degrees of that. There's no limitation to that. It can get stronger and stronger. There was a presence that came no- noticeably into this place this morning about halfway through worship. It was an incredible presence, but it can get stronger and stronger and stronger. And the stronger that presence gets, the more aware you become of the spiritual realm. And when you become more and more realm aware of the spiritual realm, in those moments, your behavior becomes like a drunken man because you're not so in touch with your immediate surroundings. Sometimes you lose your balance. Sometimes you fall down like the priest did on the, in the temple. Sometimes you get stuck to the floor. You know, sometimes you laugh like a hyena. Sometimes you start crying. But, but it begins to, it has an effect on you because you become aware of the nearness of God. You become aware. It's powerful. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's where renewal, flow, renewal flows from that place, from that place of intimacy. Thank you, Father. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at victoryfellowship.net for service times and locations.